when I feel a little bit like uh, I've come back from the flood, or at least the prophesied flood, having been away at New Wine with um, over 40 others from All Saints this week. And uh, there, there were a whole bunch of others camping uh, on the site with us, um, kind of friends of All Saints, so the community felt even more than 40 or, 40 or so of us. Um, but we were told halfway through the week at, uh, on the Thursday evening uh, that we all had to go home early, which was um, very, very disappointing because there was a big storm coming. And uh, this felt like slightly strange news as at that point we were enjoying baking hot sunshine, cake and tea in an open field. And actually... Uh, I'm not quite sure that the prophesied storm ever arrived. However, uh, all of the other festivals up and down the country seem to be following the same sort of advice, so home we went. And by three o'clock on the Friday, someone sent through a photograph of, of the field empty apart from uh, the new wine uh, uh, kind of meeting tents, but all of the other camping tents had gone a day early, which was very disappointing. However, what I can report from the few days that we did have there is that God is still on the move. You know, I, I, I go to this thing, and I've been going most years since, uh, I think, 2001, other than uh, the years that we move house, like moving here. Um, but one of the reasons I go is that it is a, a wonderful opportunity to recalibrate. You see, I, I don't know about you, but, but I find that over time that what happens is my senses and my memory gets dulled. You know, we get used to the normal stuff of life, don't we? We get used to... Uh, church that is local and the bit that we can see uh, and we get used to whatever we're currently thinking about God and when I go away to something like New Wine what happens is my view of what God is doing across the world gets widened and broadened and my view my thinking about who he is gets recalibrated. A couple of highlights that it might be helpful for you to hear. One is uh, of a number of churches across the UK that are being planted and supported by New Wine. Uh, one of those is three years old. Uh, there's another uh, three that are happening uh, beginning in September or October of this year. Stories of God on the move through local churches and ordinary people getting out and doing the things that he's called them to do. But also stories of large numbers of people coming to faith. We heard of a work in India currently of uh, folks from India, first generation Christians, 
And uh, the wonderful story was told of a, a young man who, who felt that God had asked him to go and uh, pray for people in hospital and to share faith with them. And he did this obediently for six years and nothing happened. Not, not a soul responded to him. And then in the sixth or seventh year, one person responded. They came to faith and he prayed with her and he sent her off with a Bible and a correspondence address and told her simply that she had to go and bear witness to what Jesus had done. Three years later after their correspondence, a meeting was set up with all the people that she had connected with in her community. And 20,000 people came to hear the message on one simple set of instructions. So I go to these things to sit in a muddy field to remember what God is doing and to remember who God is because he's good and he's on the move. As we come to look at Jonah this morning, and I wasn't quite sure whether you would, you could handle the interactive version. Uh, later on, there's going to be a, a rear projection sheet up here with a, an enormous whale that will come and eat a small child. Um, for the enjoyment of everyone, um, I, I thought you might prefer the narrative version. Is that okay? I mean, we can set it up if you like. No, okay. Jonah... Jonah, quite frankly, uh, wasn't a great prophet. In fact, uh, if if he was a if he was a follower of Jesus in this day and age, he would probably be the kind of follower of Jesus who did not worship in a church on Sunday, because quite frankly, he was grumpy with all of the other Christians. And he was probably pretty cross with God about everything, especially, especially the fact that God was so forgiving, there was another word in there, I won't say it, so forgiving and gracious to bad people. And so he was grumpy, and if he was outside the church, he'd probably uh, be, if he was a Christian today, he'd probably be outside the church and very grumpy with God's graciousness. You see, he's actually got form on this. Um, If you go and read uh, 2 Kings chapter 14, you will read that uh, Jonah was the prophet that spoke out in support of Jeroboam II. This was a king who did evil in the sight of the Lord. In the 15th year... King Jeroboam, the son of uh, the son of someone who had reigned for 41, 41 years, he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And it's Jonah who prophesies in support of this evil king. So Jonah's not got a great track record. And it seems like he's pretty grumpy with God and the way that God does things. I'm sure that you have never, ever been like that. 
So God asks Jonah, or rather tells him that he has a new mission for him, to go and preach against the city of Nineveh. But Jonah doesn't do it. Jonah instead turns the other way, and the reason he turns the other way is because he is afraid that the people of Nineveh will repent and that God will be gracious to them. You see, in Jonah's book, that's not how things work. If you want to get a little bit of uh, geography, then Jonah, uh, then Nineveh is uh, in the place of Mosul in Iraq, which has been very much in the news over this last few years. And uh, Jonah decides not to head in that direction, but instead goes on the run and heads for the port and then catches a boat to the furthest place that he can imagine. Essentially, he books a holiday to go to Portugal, which is where I'm heading next week. Not running away from God, but just genuinely having a holiday. And I hope that uh, there won't be a storm, and I hope we'll be able to get out of Bristol Airport However, on the way, with Jonah heading to the furthest place that he can imagine, God sends a storm. Interesting theology at this point that we wrestle with. Is God in the business of sending storms? Does he make life difficult for us? Well, I think if we read the book of Ecclesiastes, what we learn is that God sends the sunshine and the rain. And sometimes we get caught in the sun and sometimes we get caught in the rain. The language here is slightly uncomfortable in terms of God sending a storm. But either way, what God does is he uses the storm to get Jonah's attention. But Jonah is doing at what, at this point, what all good prophets who are running away from God do. He's catching up on sleep. Whereas the crew are beginning to panic. This is the crew who have got their gods, but as they pray to them as they call out the storm is not calmed so they cast lots and the lot lands on Nineveh uh, doesn't, it lands on Jonah it's already on Nineveh and his response is really interesting verse 9 I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord the God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land actually this statement is not quite true. It might be intellectually true, but this is certainly not how Jonah is living. He is not currently living as a worshipper of God. He's asleep at the bottom of a boat, and God has sent a storm to try and get his attention. 
He does acknowledge that it's God who's made the sea. But this is the same sea that he tried to run away on. So Jonah's solution, and at first it seems really heroic. His solution is, well, throw me into the sea and the storm will be calmed. I don't think what he's got in his head is that a great big whale or a big fish is going to come and scoop him up and rescue him and take him back to Nineveh so he can do the thing that God has asked him to do. I think what he's got on his mind is dying. And he wants these lads to help put him out of his misery. You see, this is not a saving act. This is an act of running away. He's still trying to get away from what God wants him to do. And you know, sometimes for us, God can put those things in front of us again and again and again. And he simply says, will you follow me? Will you follow me? And each time we have a choice. Each time we have a choice. Anyway, they do throw him into the sea and a huge fish is provided to swallow Jonah. Don't be too quick to discount the big fish. Don't be too quick to say that this is just a story or a metaphor. It is all those things. But actually, if God can create the heavens and the earth, if he's going to make all things new, then why can't he provide a big enough fish to hold Jonah over for three days? A little bit like the Easter story. And when he's in that place, he prays. It's not a great prayer, actually. It's not a prayer that's full of great repentance and turning. It is still grumpy. What I vowed to do, I will make good. Okay, Lord, I'll go and do what you've told me to do. But he's still grumpy about it. And so the comedy moment of the fish vomiting him up onto the shoreline. And off he goes to go and do the thing uh, that God has called him to do, but that's for another week. And so my question to all of us this morning is simply, what is God calling you to do? What is it that he has been saying to you again and again and again over the years? You see, when I go away to something like New Wine, I, I, I sometimes come back with clutches full of new books or sometimes buy the USB key with all of the talks on it. It used to be that you'd come back with a bucket load of cassettes or they'd arrive three months later. Now, quite often, I'm looking for something much simpler and smaller. I'm looking for the small, sharp word of God. 
I can tell you exactly what it was last year. And if you ask my wife, she'll tell you an amusing story that goes with it. Last year's was simply that God has got enough. That's it. He's got enough for all that he wants to do. And this year, what I came away with was what he's asked us to do is not complicated. That's it. A week away in a field. It's not complicated. Maybe there is a friend or a neighbor that you walk past that you've known for 20, 30 years who you've been meaning to have a conversation with, who you've been meaning to invite to church, who you've been meaning to say, I'd love to share with you the wonders of who God is. Or simply to say, I know you're struggling. I've been praying. And maybe God has been asking you for years for decades to simply be a witness to that person. To reach out to the person beside you across the street. If we learn anything from Jonah, it's simply this, that if God is asking us to do it, it would be much better to get on and do it now rather than have to go on holiday to Portugal through a storm. Let me pray. Father God, you are so good and so faithful. And your grace abounds to each one of us. Lord, remind us of the things that you have been calling us to do. The simple things, the uncomplicated things. And Lord, give us the courage to turn around and walk into those things so that we can see your grace abound more and more and more. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.